everyone. Welcome to episode number 39 of the Runners of Hue podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Odi. Today's guest is John Pears. And if you're a fan of ultras or curious about the ultra space, this is definitely the episode for you. But even if you're not, he's a super interesting guy with a great story. Now, John did not start running at an early age. Uh, when he was younger, he was into rock climbing and mountain biking, anything that kept him outside except for running. Uh, later on in life, you know, once he moved to Houston, he was still in that rock climbing space. And, you know, now he had a full-time job and a friend with running and somebody else through work or what really brought him into the running space, um, probably in the late 2000s. Um, his racing career didn't really begin until he ran the Houston Rockets 5K in 2011. Here he ran his first half marathon. It was quickly followed in 2012 by two marathons and some 30Ks. And then in 2013, he jumped into his first 50 miler. And I mean, he really never looked back. I feel like I say that all the time when I'm talking about people and they move up in distance and they go from like a 5K to a 10K to a marathon. And I, I do, I say it a lot, but it just, it has a different feeling. When you go from running on the roads to the trails, it just feels different. And John even says like, it really, I don't know that there's a desire to come back to the roads for him. Um, you know, he's done the Rocky Raccoon 50 and 100 and one day maybe hopes to do some stage racing. So hearing about what the ultra space looks like was super interesting to me. And a quote from him inside this episode that just like, I still can't wrap my brain around it. When he says, 50 to 60 miles is when a race starts. That's when it gets real. And I, you have to listen to hear it. He's got a great story. I loved hearing about the different um, ultras that are out there and, and what the scene looks like here in Texas. So without further ado, here is John Kurz, and I hope you all enjoy his episode. Hey, John, thank you so much for being with here with me tonight. Why don't we jump right in? Please tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where in the Houston area you live. So my name is John Kurz or not, not Perez, I'll clarify that now um, for everyone that says it wrong, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I live in, I currently reside in Katy, I've lived in the Woodlands, I've lived in Springs, we'll say greater Houston area amongst the time. Um, I've been here since about 2008, and I work for an outdoor retail company, so doing customer support, so uh, very first world problems. <laughs> and where did you grow up if you said you moved here in 2008? Uh, I, I, I say I, I spent my primary years in Ohio um, from, like, high school onward. Like, from, like, junior high onward, I was, like, in Ohio. So I moved uh, between Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, and then was there for a little past college and then scooted back down to um, back down to here with my parents um, in Katy for a little while and then kind of obviously moved around. But um, I was... I've lived in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, born in Chicago, so totally, I've moved a, a, a fair enough amount of a kid to, to have some social ability at this point. Where did you live in Pennsylvania? Uh, Doyletown, Bucks County. Okay, I grew up, up in, 
Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I grew up in Delaware County. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I grew up, um, we would go to Flemington, New Jersey, and, like, go over the bridge and check stuff out. Like, I, I've i gone to too many antique places <laughs> that I, as a child, I, I, I don't, as an adult, I think, obviously, a different experience. As a child, that was, like, the worst thing ever on every weekend. And so, I mean, growing up and moving around that much, did you play sports as a child? No. Uh, so that, that is like literally kind of my intro into running. Um, I was not a generally, I was athletic by default. I did some soccer, like every little kid was really terrible at it. Got into like Taekwondo for a little while. Like I, I started cycling a little bit and then junior high. Um, what got me into there was rock climbing. Um, and so rock climbing led me to rock climbing, the cycling, like mountain biking as a kid, um, just kind of kept me outdoors and it just kicked off my outdoor world. Um, and then lo and behold, I moved down here. Um, and then I, I slowly found running through a coworker. Uh, so actually through a friend of climbing because he was running, uh, and then through a coworker was the, like the final nudge to kind of get me to run more in Houston. Okay. I mean, was there an incentive? Did they, were they say, you know, come run this no, race with no. me? No, no, I, I'm just, I was competitive. Um, I'm not a tall dude. If you know me as a person, I, I talk like I'm like six, five, but like, I'm like five, two. So, um, that, that's definitely a thing I do. I, like, I, I, you know, uh, I have a funny quote I'll explain later about me on the trail and that, and, and most of my friends will attest to this being a comment, but I will say that I've, I've had to, um, like my coworker was like, I'm going to go run. And I was like, I can go run. I can ride a bike like 50, 60 miles. Why can't I go run? I'll go run with you. That's easy. Just run. It's like three miles. Dude. How hard can it be? It whipped me. Absolutely. Just humble, humbled the crap out of me. Um, and then it was hard and I didn't like it being hard. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I have a, a complex with if, if someone says I can't do it or I might not be good at it, I'm like going to try to show them otherwise. Okay. So that might be a small driving factor. So through my light internet stalking. I have it. the first races that I found for you were back in 2011. So yeah, how had you, was that right when you started? Had you been running for a couple of years by that point? No, I mean, I, I probably started running 2009, okay. 2010. I want to say like my, I was running a little bit with my coworker mm-hmm. doing some stuff like that. And then a friend of mine, we, we, I, I went up to, Ohio to visit him and he would run and we were running on college campus. And of course it was all about, you know, running to impress how athletic I am and college females are definitely a, a motivating factor. Um, I will sideline and say that might be true. Um, and so I was like, all right, fine. And I moved back. I, was, I came back in town, started running. And I, once I could do like a few, I did, I did, I think I signed up for a 5k. Mm-hmm. I, I, actually it was a Houston Rockets run. Literally. Yep. Uh, it, was my, it was my first 5K, and I was like, I was like super pumped about the adventure for this. It was amazing! Oh my gosh! And it was fun. I got 
okay. I did fine. I had fun. And I remember I tripped on the way into the stadium, like into the basketball court, like you end in the basketball court. Right. And the way that the ramp goes down and in, I like tripped and like face planted like the last like 150 feet. It was amazing. Um, I would, I wouldn't pay for it any other way. Like if you're going to do it, you know, whatever. Uh, and then I did, I think I did another, uh, 5k. So I had a few other, other 5k's and then, then I was like, oh, well, I guess I can do a 5k, like, okay, okay, like, whatever, this isn't bidding. I, that was real. Um, that got, that showed me um, where I ran, I think, one Christmas before I did my first 5k, I was like, I think I ran five miles during, like, a Christmas Eve one time. I was just like, thought it was the most epic thing I'd ever done. And it was I this major accomplishment, like, oh, my gosh, I just did this. This is huge. Like, I, I went from literally hating running. Um, and like, if you would have met me when I was cycling a lot through college, like I was cycling a a lot, a lot. And, um, I definitely didn't want running. I was like, that's stupid. I mean, I lived in Cincinnati. The flying pig marathon is huge. It's a great marathon, right? It's it's a very scenic, very fun race. I, it was an annoyance for me. It was like, it it got in the way of my streets when I was cycling up, you know, is I didn't think twice about it. And, and and like, you know, cycling, I was like, well, I have wheels. Why would I run? That's stupid. And so now going fast forward to you know, 2008, 2009, when I started to take up running, I was like, well, it was also in one of these times where I realized that I didn't know anyone down here. I didn't, I moved down here to my parents. I didn't go to high school here. I didn't go to college here. Mm-hmm. I work with 40, 40 something, 30 something. And I'm like 25, I'm like 28. 27, 28. So like, I don't know anyone. I'm this middle age where I don't know anyone, but I'm, I'm also not a bar person. So it's like, I didn't have anything. I had some climbing. I had some climbing connections from the industry when I, when I was working down here. So I had those, but they, they weren't my, I couldn't always see them all every day. So I was like, well, I'll start running that. Cause I don't want to go cycling. I don't want to go ride out to Waller and go get hit. And you know, no one to know me, no one, no one, I don't know any group rides. So I ended up picking up running. So I was like, well, I can just leave my house and go run. I can run every night if I want to. Here you go. And it was just, I will agree to say that what you and I probably will heard at this point from multiple people and all the people we've probably run with is that you, it is the easiest thing to start with. You just put a pair of shoes on and go. You don't need a watch if you don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you don't need a fancy Garmin or Sunto or whatever you're playing with that day. Um, you know, it, it's just moving your feet and it's serious and fun at the same time. Well, before we talk about this whole list of races I have, if you oh, had you already are. done all of the cycling and now you're getting into the running, did you ever think about doing tries? Have you done tries that I didn't find? I have done one try, one single try. I don't. Uh, yeah, um, I would say it, it didn't. Con- I, I not really. It didn't connect for me. Like it, it, I heard about it, but I was. I'm too. Stu- I was too stubborn at that point to want to dive into that. And I'm. Okay. I'm. Uh, I don't want to say I'm not a purist because that's definitely not true. Uh, I, I. With cycling, I was in the. Fringe of fringe with running. I. I didn't know where I landed. 
So I, I didn't connect it with any groups at the moment. I just did it because also a climber, a friend of mine would climb on Sundays and we would go run a memorial park and we'd climb on Sundays and go run a memorial park. And that was our game. That's what we did. And so I would run memorial every weekend with him mm-hmm. and I would just pace with him. And if I made it, I made it. If I didn't, I did it. I mean, I didn't have any clue of fitness or time. Hell, I didn't use, use a watch. I mean, it was literally that simple. It was kind of kind of funny to me how simple it was back then for me now. Well, in that first year that you started racing, well, first in mm-hmm. your first two years, you know, you right. went from a 5K to a 10K to a half marathon pretty quickly. <laughs> did, you, did you find Angie's? Which one? Uh, which, which half marathon um, did you find? Chicago, rock and roll Chicago. So there's a funny story. I, my first half marathon was actually prior to that. I was just someone else. Oh. I got a stop. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> we, some coworkers and I, they were running a half marathon, and her, I run up to ten, a few 10Ks at this point. I mm-hmm. run a few 10Ks. I did like, all the, like, I did all the fun 10Ks in Houston. I did, um, I, I uh, the two, the, oh, dang it, what's the one that runs Memorial, but it's after the rodeo. It's not rodeo 10K, it's the bigger one. It's like the one that has the trees of the shirt, I and mean, everyone knows it. I mean, Oh, like, the for the, the, for the park run? Not the four park, but the, oh my gosh, it's like the super normal. Bayou City Classic. Classic. Yeah. Like, my two classes, like, I think I've run it, like, I, I've run it, I haven't run it a lot, super long time, but, like, that was my favorite 10K. Like, I loved that 10K. It was a great 10K. And, um, so, I'd done by two classic. I did rodeo run. I did, you know, so I, I was, like, running 10K here and there. And then my friend was like, hey, my friend was like, my wife can't run this half. Do you want to run it? And I was like, well, he's like, you know, you can run 10K. You'll probably be fine. You're fit enough. All right, great. And I remember doing my longest run prior to that half was um, was about nine miles. Okay. And I was battling shin splints, and I was like volume went volume to zero was just the worst. It's just, this is like this is like a, a good education of how not to start running. Of like this is not what you do at some level, um, or that you address the issue. We'll say. Uh, and then so I ran I ran Angie's half. I, I ran a two oh seven. And then, so after Chicago, I ran, I ran Angie's, and I was like, well, I want a better Angie's. I was like, I need, and I needed my own time. So then I ran, I ran um, Chicago, and I uh, ran that one with a friend of mine um, who I also ran another race with. We, him and I have raced a few races, I'll say, together where we showed up to the start line. <laughs> That's like, it's like running with Dean. You show up at the start line. You know, you and I have talked about Dean and a few other friends of ours at this point, like, you show up the start line together. You say, "Hey, good job," and that's your race. Right. Uh, I've, I've never described the same like you have to stay with me uh, kind of runner. I'll say it that way. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my half, like yeah Chicago. I ran, and then I think I ran another half marathon later that year. As another friend of mine, my friend bailed on his, and he's like, "I can't run it." And he was like, "You can run it." And I said, "Fine." <laughs> oh man, you should know better. And I know think I pulled better. a one fifty. Oh, I ran a 152, 154. Okay. <laughs> so I was pretty happy with that. Well, and then, I mean, so you've done these, 
you did one official half marathon, two unofficial. Mm, and yeah. then February 2012. Now, I've never heard of this race. What was the Orphan Hope Marathon? Oh, yeah. So I have a condition where I like to try. I was signed up for Flying Pig by that point. Yes. I was already signed up for Flying Pig prior to that. And the Orson Hope was a small little trail marathon in Huntsville. And I was running in Huntsville already. I was running trails with a friend of mine from a climbing gym. Again, acting. He's like, I go run in Huntsville all the time. You should join me. I was like, yeah, cool. And I saw a posting for it. It was a super cheap marathon, super fun, quiet. And I was like, well, I'm running. You're like, let's just see what happens. If I can do good, if I can survive this marathon. That will give me a good idea of what to do. And then I just showed up and did it. And I, I trained for it. I, I did 20 milers. I did, you know, at that point I was building up an actual real training. I had, you know, training plans. I was like the builds and, and following that. And I was running, I'd say, a fair amount of mileage weekly um, for knowing what I know now. Um, and so, yeah, I ran over and it was just kind of a throw to the wind and see what happens and what goes wrong. And then that was, that was like my, is like, I'm going to experiment with this. And if it blows up my face, fine. Cool. Well, and so how was the actual race? Oh, it's hard and terrible. Um, it was awesome. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I hard. Uh, you haven't run with me enough to say I have an. Whenever I say I have an idea, it, they're going to be followed by something not fun for most <laughs> people. For me, I'm like, this is going to be a great idea. It can just totally just be epic and like experiencing of like I, I look at like all the things that could go wrong mm -hmm. and I'm like well if none of these happened I'm man I'm doing good like if I don't roll an ankle awesome if I don't puke okay great like there are always things like I, I, I have a checklist of things like don't go wrong these go wrong then okay you know I expected it um self-sabotage is a thing I might believe in uh so yeah it was it was a cool race it was really fun it was hard it was hot in a weird way, but it was, and it was post Rocky 100. That was also, well, so I thought it was. So or it might have been like right around the time of it because I don't remember what date. I don't remember what weekend in that was. It was in because Rocky, knowing what I know about Rocky now, Rocky's always the first weekend of February. Right, but I didn't see Rocky for you in 2012. No, so but this was pre. This was pre. This was where I went and crewed a friend. Okay. I want. No, I didn't crew a friend. I watched him run Rocky 100. Oh. Like I, I was waiting at the aid stations and watching it. And by that point, I had seen ultra running and I run. So I was like every runner, a trail runner at that point. Um, and I was just enamored by trail running. And I, at that point, I've been running enough with the trails. A friend of mine up there, and like it just hooked me hard. It felt like mountain biking. I was like, oh, this is just amazing. Like, this is awesome. Like, it, ever since I went up there to start running, and I, I did that, that marathon, and I was just there enough, I was like, would I ever be here? I mean, like, Huntsville, Huntsville for me right now is, at this point, is like a backyard for me. Um, it's, like, a place to run. Like, it's, some people, it's Terry Hershey. Some people, it's a memorial. Uh, for me, it's Huntsville and, you know, probably like Memorial, like my, my go-tos. Okay. Well, so yeah. how did 
Orphan Hope then set you up for Flying Pig, which was your original goal. Did it impact at all? I mean, it was a couple months later. Yeah, I mean, like, it was definitely far enough away that it was, I, I knew it was going to impact my training block. Like, if something went direly wrong, flying pigs in May, this was February, I was like, man, I've got plenty of time to, like, do a real big build and then, like, fine-tune. And it, it felt better, like, obviously, being on the railway was faster, flying pig was warmer than Orphan Hope, for sure, too. Um, so, it was good, though. Like, flying pig was a lot of fun. I got to see Cincinnati in a different way than I used to be in cycling. I literally ran roads that I... Um, I ran roads that I'd already like cycled for years of my life. And the, I guess for me, flying pig was already, I wanted to do it. It was a good experience. I was already looking forward to that longer distance thing that we talk about probably. I was going to say like, did you, did you finish flying pig and you just were like, okay, I've done my road marathon and now I'm moving on to trails and ultra, and I'm just never going to look back. Kind of, mostly, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was literally my very, very good friend of mine. It was like, yeah, it was like literally, it was like, just like we sat down post race, and I remember him and I having a conversation about talking about that. We're like, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm gonna be psyched that I've got 20 more miles, and apparently. That's I, I realize that that's not a normal process. I'll put that on tape to say that I realize that's not a normal thought process for a lot of runners and or normal people. I'll, I'll try to maybe put that out there. But uh, yeah, it, it, I looked at it. By that point, it was just a jumping point. It was just like, hey, I'm going to have fun flying page. I'm gonna, if I do well, great. I didn't think twice about going further. And my friend, so this is where my friend went, I want to go further. I want to do, and then I was like, well, I want to go further. I want to run longer on the trail. And like, we kind of split, but we still loved training and running together. He was, we were like long distance friends. We've been really good friends for a long time. So we tried to always train together and talk about each other's training and keep in touch with each other. And so like before every major race I've had actually shy of a few lately, cause he's in the military. He, he's actually been like one of my few three or four phone calls before every race. He's like my phone call. Um, you know, it's like, you know, talk to significant other, talk to my friend Andrew, like check in with him. And we just talk about racing and all the great choices that we've made. <laughs> well, so before 2012 ended, I mean, you dove straight in. You went to, there were two, you did two 30Ks that year. Um, now, I know yep. very little about the ultra and the trail world. So from 2012 to 2014, a lot of your races were Captain Carl's 60Ks, but they were all different locations. So was it like a race series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go to Tejas Trail and you can do one of, you can do the series, you can do one each, you can do, they have 60K or 60K option depending on how spicy you want it. It is always a summer nighttime race. It's great. For anyone that's trained for any kind of October racing, like I, I recommend for anyone in Houston, anyone that ever wants to test the levels of ultra running or test the running of night running, it's a great your feet to the water, see what you can get through. Um, and I loved it; they were a blast. Um, they were some of the hard. I, I mean, the first time I did the 30k at Reveille Peak Ranch was my first 30k there. Um, it 
lapped me around. I, I rolled in going, I've done a marathon in four and a half hours. Like, how bad can this be? And I told Joe Persadis after I was done, I was like, that was one of the hardest things I've done. But I had this giant smile on my face. And I'm like, obviously, I haven't stopped. So I'd love to say it was wrong. It wasn't, it wasn't the wrong life changing. Well, and so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say so the Captain Carl. Yeah, I was going to say like the, the, the Captain Carl stuff is just, it was a great, like I was, I jumped from like, I, once I did this course, the 30K, I saw the 60K guys out there and I was like, these guys are ridiculous. I was like, what are these guys doing? Like, I'm like, I remember doing 30K, like, you know, like I'm going to snow get me off them. And the other guys I met, I met another uh, friend of mine who became like, I, I watched him for like Rocky 100 or something like that. And I was like, you know, he was like, I'm doing the 60K. And I was like, who are you? You're like unreal. I don't understand what that looks like. I don't, I can't even, but it, it, but it slowly creeped in like, all right, what is that? This, is, this could be approachable. Like, going 30K, like, can't be that bad, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you went 30K. Well, so I think you did that 30, that first and second 30K, and then at the end of 23rd, wait. Yep. Oh, your first race in 23rd, well, your first trail race, maybe. Then was a 60, yeah. was that a 60K at the so, same yeah. same venue? Yeah, so the camp, yeah, so, yeah, so I went from 30K in the summer, and then I did, I moved up to a 60K in, at, at, Probably Peak Ranch again at the same venue, but actually daytime, so okay. normal light hours. Uh, is it's called El Sendero, um, and it's not oh, yeah. around much anymore. It's really sad. It's it's a 60k, and it, that that was uh, that was a hard race. It was really fun. Um, I met a really good friend. I I think with all these communities, you no know, different than road running. You meet people along the along the way, and you're just like every, every one of these races. I literally connected with someone that's probably still in my life today in some pretty manageable way, which is pretty impressive to me. Um, it says a lot about our community. It says a lot about the runners and the squeaky, I'd say. Um, but yeah, it was, I met I met a good friend of mine. She was racing that race. She unfortunately had to DNF because she got lost and had to turn off. And I was the last finisher. So it, um, yeah, I mean, and looking at the time, knowing what I know, um, that one was a local a local, I would say, a, a Texas pretty Texas tough dude, right? Real nice guy, but you know, I saw him on the course, and like he looks great. This is man, he, you know, he's good. And I, I realized, lo and behold, I started to connect the dots. I'm like, I start seeing his name. Oh, he's really good. He's legit. Like he's putting it down. Um, and then you know, it, it, it just you know, he's he's been in either the running community is obviously as you've noticed is. is quite approachable and manageable, but it's big, but it has its like communities. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to segue into like, um, I think that's why I got hooked to trail running was it, it had its own community inside of the community. So, you know, you could kind of pick a trail runner out of a group of road runners. Like you can kind of, you can kind of, there are a few, not, not all hundred percent tell, but there are a few tells you're like, you can kind of see their ways. Um, I, uh, I'm friends with Ryan, um, Heather's Heather Foley's oh, uh -huh. and Ryan's Ryan's a sweetheart. He's yeah, Ryan Ryan Williams is great. And I remember from marathon season, 
we would all do a group run and one of his coaches was asking like hey we're doing speed work and ryan's like i don't do speed work like calling it out um but you're like you, you can just tell him i was like not my thing you know i'm gonna get done so it's you know it's a different sometimes a little more ragtag group with people friends that just kind of but it, it's still on still competitive but at the end of the day everyone's like gonna pick you up uh so it, it's, it's, a, it's a blast um but yeah that's long-winded. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no. This is perfect. I love it because I just there's so much about that world. Now, I'm not saying that I'm ever going to do any type of ultra, but trails are possible. But so, I mean, I never just... said I was going to run. So we're <laughs> on the same page. I mean, That's like, I, I said I wasn't going to run a 5K. <laughs> I made some really good choices. <laughs> well, so what led you then to Rocky the first time you ran? First time you ran Rocky Raccoon, you did the 50. Yes. I paced the Frank for the 100, again, because I can't stay away. <laughs> I watched her uh, pace my friend for – she her pacer fell out, and she needed help. And then her other pacer fell out, and actually we recruited another friend. And then, so at this point, I her and I were hooked. We saw Rocky 100, and she never looked back. Um Literally, I think I, I think I've gateway drugged a lot of people for trail running. So. <laughs> well, and I mean, you say might be a thing. You say she never looked back, but I mean, you've done Rocky every year. There was one year you didn't have any racing. What happened in 2017? 2017. Uh, so I've done. So I've done Rocky every year. So my first Rocky was in my first. So my one year I DNF'd. I've DNF'd so I've DNF'd Rocky twice, um, but I've tried it six times. Yeah, something like that. Um, and so I twenty one year. I don't remember twenty seventeen. Maybe it's all a blur. <laughs> uh, I thought I had. I know. So I know twenty fifteen. So yeah. So twenty fifteen. So twenty fifteen, I raced Rocky. Twenty sixteen, I raced Rocky, and then twenty seventeen, I DNF'd. Okay. Um, that year, I was gunning. That year, I was gunning. That's why I don't finish there. Um, that year, I was gunning for under twenty four. Gotcha. Um, and I kicked every route on that loop. Um, I found every one of them. I tried to move them. Uh, I I made in. And that year, I've I have enough history of Rocky to say I've literally I've run every I've run a few different course styles now of that race. Like they've redesigned it two or three times in a row okay. at this point, and I've run them with every course style. So it's actually really funny. Like I I did one the last few years where it was like the original five loop course style, and then it moved to a five loop course style, but they edited it apart, and then they moved it to a they did that for, then moved it to a four loop course style. And I went back to five this past two. Um, so, yeah, the two years that I don't have finishes, I've DNF'd. I have a routine of Rocky of finishing twice in a row and then not finishing. And then finishing twice in a row and then not finishing. So, uh, the past year was my year to actually finish. And that happened. So, I was super psyched on that. And that, uh, that got me 500 miles at Rocky. So, um, just for the Rocky 100. So, they give you... Because just like everyone loves their trinkets, um, Ultras will give you a buckle. Okay. And 
I don't have the boots to wear them. I did actually pick up a hat when I went. Um, so I'm, I, I have that hat and the buckle at this point. But uh, Ultras, that's the benefit. Ultras, they give you a buckle. So they give you, you know, you don't look as crazy wearing a buckle around. Um, <laughs> you know, if you wore all your medals, I think you'd probably like, who is she? So I, but yeah, you get a buckle. Um, the Captain Carl series, if you did all four 60Ks in the summer, you got a buckle. Okay. So of course, that's that's the incentive to suffer enough. Um, I I used that as a training for Rocky 100. The first year I, I was signed up for the Rocky 100. Oh yeah, um, 2014, you did all four 60Ks. Yep, yep. And then 24, and then 2014 was like, yeah, so I did that. And then by 2015, I knew, like, I was like, All right, my, I, I met a friend, again, another running friend through the process, and he was like, well, if you can do all these, he's like, dude, you can definitely survive Rocky 100. And I was like, okay, here you go. Um, okay, so walk me through what it's like to actually be in a 100-mile race where you're out there for more than 24 hours. Because I, 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 I don't get it. I mean, I get well, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I will openly say uh, that people I've learned, um, just to give a shout out to some of my friends in Houston, but like, man, we have so many 100 mile ultra runners here that you never know do it because they're so quiet about it. Uh, like, we have, I, they're, I think for a lot of us, it's a pretty daunting distance for a lot of people, which I openly get now. I've surrounded myself with a lot of people that finish hundreds, so it's hard for me to imagine people that don't do hundreds. So maybe I've made my own community of people that were all the same level of smart. Uh, but it's during the race, spring, or just like knowing, like walking into it, or just walking through the process. Um, I think through the process. So like you, you sign up and you look at it, and you're like, I remember my first year, I, I had a journal, like I was like writing, I was planning, I talking with crew i mean i was amazed that people weren't ready to strangle me because i was so antsy about it uh-huh. uh i you know i i was planning and double checking drop bags and double checking what i needed and, and you, you i'm a over planner for a lot of things in some ways uh so i was over analyzing that and i had a lot of friends that did it so i had a lot to build on and then you know you sign up you do you, you do um, the furthest run I probably plugged into for an ultra is generally the longest up to 100 is about, I went up to about 50 miles. So I would either use, there were two 50, there was an old race and they, they I think it finally stopped. That's sad to say it was solar. It was, um, it used to be what's called Sunmart and now it's called, it was Solars. Solars took it over and it was a solar 50, 50 mile and it was, Great, chill, 50-miler, a lot of fun. It was December, so it was, like, right in the middle of Taraki. It was cheap, and you got a hoodie, and you, like, screamed awesome. You know, you got this crappy little metal, but you got an amazing hoodie, and I have two of them still, and I cherish them. Um, you know, I did I did those races, and then I looked at uh, knowing that you're going to run 100 miles. And I think the big thing is this time on feet, knowing you're getting through trying to sleep. You learn how to eat amazing different things uh it i want to say i feel almost i wasn't a drinker in college i don't you know i'm not much of a drinker and so for me it's like i feel like if you can learn how to drink through the day then you can learn how to eat through the day and run um and so uh, you know i would do runs 
after work, I would do run in the morning and then I go run with friends later that night. You know, it, you started to just build up this tolerance. And so anything you could do to double on down just to kind of get your body used to the breakdown and the pounding was an incentive. Cause you know, you're not going to feel good past 50 miles. <laughs> it's, the, there's a really amazing quote and I hundred percent agree with it is that 50 to 60 miles is when a race starts. That's when it gets real for the hundred mile and onward distance, I'll say. I will um, take your word for it. <laughs> you know, it, you, could, you could definitely ask, you know, uh, you know, I'd say Heather or, uh, you know, Ryan or, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's a, a, a very silent ultra killer look. I'm going to call him out, but named Bing. He's a, he's got a, he's got a solid list of ultras and, and I both grow it. You just, you, you're on cruise control for the first 25 to 30. Like, I don't think you remember the first 30 miles. They just kind of happen. Like your first loop of Rocky, the best thing about that race is like, you're done. You're 20 miles done. Like you, you know, you start into it, you're 10 K in, you've just run a marathon and you don't even think twice about it. You just, you're just moving. Okay. Cause you treat it aid station by aid station. You don't treat it. You don't treat it like you treat it by loops. So you break them into loops. And with Rocky being a loop course, um, Rocky, you treat it like your first loop, you go in, you get stuff done, you feel good, you just manage yourself, you, you shed some layers, you eat some more food, you go up for loop two, you're maybe now, maybe you've got some incentives, um, you plug into music, you have, you kind of start doing some little things, and then, then you plug into loop three, and loop three is kind of the work loop, you really got to put it down, because you got to like, you're, you're cresting in a 60 mile, you've got to kind of you've got to grind it out and you've got to kind of start pushing and that's when it starts to get real. And that's when you got to start managing your layers. And now it's, at that point, you know, you're 60 miles. If you're an average runner, we'll say you're probably at the 12 to 13 hour mark. It's going to start to get dark. So now you're swapping clothes um, and then heading back out. So you just treat it like a daily job and you, all right, cool. Trying to change my uniform. Shirts off, cold shirt off, warm shirt on, get, get moving. Um, you try not to dilly dally at the aid station. That will be a, a massive time suck. Um, you will, you will, you could easily spend an hour. If you spend 10 minutes at an aid station, at a aid station, think of for aid stations, that's, that's a 40 minutes of your time is just gone. So, like, efficiency, it's almost like the efficiency of triathlon, but that's a big thing. Like, I learned efficiency in the moment of, tri- of doing triathlon. Um, by the time I, I, you know, by the time I'd done the triathlon, I'd already run a 50 miler. So I looked at triathlon and like, well, I was like, well, I can, I was like, I'm running a half marathon. I'm biking 60 miles. I was like, I could run this if I wanted to. <laughs> it should, that, that shouldn't be a normal perspective. No, um, no. But I think every runner will look at a street sign and be like, oh, it's five miles away. I can do that. Like, it's, it's, it's we've all done it. That, that, it's, I don't, at any level, once you start running any normal distances on your daily drive and you're like, ah, I'm three miles away. I got that. Well, especially when you're sitting in traffic in Houston, you're like, I could run there faster than this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I drove from the Woodlands to Stafford for two and a half years. Like amazing. It's like 25 miles. I'm like, hour and a half. I could have gotten a workout in. It would have been nice. um, Yeah. you know, and the last loop is just a party loop. The last loop is just you're tired. You're you're the the four loop course. Loop three is hard. The five loop course, 
five is loop four be tired it's in the morning it's sun's not up it's dark that's the the hard time we'll say um i have a really solid photo of a friend in a, of ours that we joke about it's it's when we call the sleeps really start to come is when you start to get so sleepy and you're like just trying to keep your eyes open and and that's when you normally have a pacer for most races you from 60 miles onward 50 60 miles onward you're allowed to pacer and a pacer is not there to like make you faster per se they're more to make sure you don't die there's someone to keep you accountable in the woods they're um you know like i i have some very loyal and amazing pacers and crew um and they have been firm when i needed it and um accommodating when i needed it but definitely kept the goal in mind uh you know and, and they've actually been good enough to call me when they say like you're injured like don't keep going so 2017 i could barely walk without my leg hurting it was it was a rough go that year so like that that year went it went it was an amazing training block and then i went in and at least like two or three everything started to hurt mm-hmm. and it just Loop two, you know, my hip was hurting, my calf hurt, and then by the time I loop four hit, I was like, this isn't getting better. Um, and I had to make a judgment call at mile 80. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I've dropped um, at Rocky twice, and at both times I've dropped at, like, 80-something miles because I don't want to quit because I have too much tall pride. So. Well, so, I mean, now – You've already done Rocky this year, um, and it seems like you have yep. done less That's racing, which is probably better because there was a lot of racing in 2014. But so, like, what's coming up for you? Is there something you're training for right now? Um, no, actually. It's really funny to say that, I mean, I've talked about, I will put it in the ether that I've talked about under 100K, and a few of my friends are, were discussing it. Um, I wouldn't mind getting another Western ticket added to my bucket. Uh, I already have one for this year, so I'm going to drop in for that. That's my what if. Um, I've been dealing, I'm sadly to say, I've been dealing with some issues with some knee, knee pain and some stuff that has been kind of started waking up during COVID. Uh, also, life changes. I had a daughter. Um, that makes running ultras hard. <laughs> so it, 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 it's not hard uh, in a bad way, but hard in just the time management. And I also work in customer service for the holidays. Oh yeah, all of the uh, all of the life coming up, right? Having a, having a, a toddler in one year at a time. Um, but I mean, as I, I I would say I as progresses of the years have gone, I have I've trained less and less uh, through. I've trained less and less through the years, but obviously the the I still love racing. I still love running. I still love the trails. Like if you give me the trails any any day of the week, I'm down to go. It's it's, it's not a hard thing. Um, and I, I have a ritual of running my age in miles or K every year. Okay. Looking forward, um, you know, you've, you've already hit a hundred milers. I'm not sure that there is much past that. Do you see yourself continuing to, st- Oh, what did I miss? I mean, there's a lot, I don't know about the ultra space. I know there's multiple day races, I guess. Right. There's state, there's stage racing. Uh, stage racing is where you do multiple days on days, kind of like it's like a Texas Defense relay, but over the days. Okay. Um, there's 200, 240. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, 
Some of them are hour, like Snowdrop is a 55-hour race. I don't have a major desire to do the 55-hour hamster loop very much. The 55 hours doesn't scare me as much as the hamster loop does, surprisingly. Um, but a lot of guys have done it. It's, it's a sweet race. Um, but um, I, I'm towing the line of looking at what 200 looks like at some point. Um, I've had some friends. I've had a few friends put that idea in my head. It's slowly starting to get real. Uh, I'll have to crew it or volunteer it once to see yeah. where it goes. But 200, 240 is like, I want to see if that's in the in the cars and see what happens. Um, I, I still like the 100-mile distance. I like 50 miles. I want to do 100K to put it in, on, in the bucket, and it's, it's, it's an approachable distance. Um, in the ultra community, it's not all day. It's, it's, it's all day enough, but it's not like three days of done. So... Uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't put you out as far, I would say. But yeah, I mean, like I I, I will. Western states is still bucket. Me and Leadville have some unfinished business. I'm not sure if I'm gonna return back to there. Um, I will say, hope passes real. It's a real thing. Uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, that was that was a bucket race that I got to go and experience, and it was everything that I thought it would be, and it was pretty magical. It won. I will go back and see how it goes. Do you? So, but it was. It was. Leadville's amazing. Do you ever see yourself returning to the roads for a marathon again, or you would prefer to stay on the trails? I wanted to a little bit. I always go to. I always go to Houston Marathon or a few other ones. I go to Woodlands and spectate and watch everyone. I always get super amped. Like, um, and then I just don't get that excited. <laughs> and I run the pavement enough, and I go well will be i'm being a father to a toddler uh, and, a, and a single dad i i've learned that actually this would be before then i won't even use that as a staple point but i would say that i have a dollar to suffer ratio per file so if, if a, like rocky is like 200 something dollars like it's that's a great dollar to suffer ratio uh you know like at Two hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars—it's not as good of a dollar suffer ratio to me. Um, I'm, I'm weirdly frugal with how I want to do that. Well, I agree. I mean, marathons anymore—they're—they're they're so expensive. And and, and I, I realize there's lots to take in. Um, yeah. You know, I I realize being in that that space that there's a lot to consider. That that race costs a lot of money for a lot of things. Roads oh, cost sure. a lot of clothes. There's so much. There's so many hands in that pot, right? There's so many things to cover that people don't know, and yeah, you know, your average race goer doesn't know. I would say, right? You know, the building rental for the GRB, the road closure oh. permits, the oh. paying all of the cops to close the course down and sit there for six hours. Right. All of all of the things to consider yeah. are you know the signage, all of that stuff, the, the bike racks, all that stuff, like all that stuff costs money. And we don't, as a, as a runner, you don't necessarily always put that together. And you're like, Oh, I'm paying a lot of money for a race, but that's where your money is. It's not just the metal. Right. Like, surprisingly. Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, I, I would rather give my time volunteering or working those races, uh, at different capacities than, necessarily racing them and i'd rather and I, I even donate my time to the trails and, and volunteer there as much as i can too so actually one of the trail races 
I will say with the community, I, I like with the trail racing, they do actually, a few of the races, if you don't bunt, you, to, uh, to get in the race, like for Western States, and I think a few others, you have to have trail volunteer hours. Like, if you get in, you have to have, A, a qualifier, and B, you have to volunteer a certain amount of hours. Wow. They, they, they give it back to the community just as much as, I mean, and granted, it, it is not a cheap race, but it's dollar to suffer ratio is still great for what it is. Um, and, and Western States is like the, the, you know, one of the big buckets for any, you know, it, I think you could talk to most runners and they, they know what Western States, they've even heard about Western States. Right. Um, you know, I, it's fabled in, in all its ways. I've from born to run watching all the movies that people put on YouTube about stuff. I mean, you just get, it's hard not to get pumped for sure. So, well, you mentioned volunteering and working for different races. So is that something that you got into just for fun? Like, how did you, you were running races and then you were running trails. When did you get into actually like working different road races? My, my working event stuff, like working for a trail for races was I worked, I, I, I would um, run with, and run group. So I run with some local run groups, like a few people we've talked to, and I've run with State Center, and I've run with a few other groups in town, and those guys will generally put on Green 6.2, and I became friends with the people putting that on. So I started helping out with that, and then then more opportunities with them came on, you know, to, to put on small little 10Ks and all the other all the other little, like, turkey trot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've worked the KD turkey trot, and it's a great time. It's fun. Uh... And so I've always liked the event side of things. Um, we, I, I came from, from climbing. I came from the event side of it, um, from being involved in the events on the climbing side. So for me, it was like, oh, well, if I'm, I'm not passionate, I might as well be in my passion and doing the event on top of that. And, and, and so I can go do road races and work a road race and then go run the trail the next day and still feel connected. So it gives me a dual benefit. What uh, what's the next race that you're working? I'll probably do Turkey Trot in KD again. Okay. Oh, I've, I've never been, been to that I've one. I've done Turkey. But it, it it's fun. It's huge. I I I every year it's gotten bigger. I'm excited. I think it's nine like ninety percent sure it's going on this year. But yeah, like that that's one of my like, I I work that race and it's a blast and it's like literally a block down my, from my house. Like oh, literally, I can. So it's it's awesome for me. Like, and I'll have my daughter this year. So she'll, she'll get to volunteer again with me this year. So that's going to be super fun. She'll be the volunteer of the year or she'll be t- sleeping on the title. I don't know. I mean, I think they're kind of the same thing at her age. Oh yeah. It's going to be a big party. <laughs> it's, it's a big party. I mean, she's, she's a social, she's a social being uh, like her dad and her mom. So we're doing pretty good. Perfect. All right. We've been chatting for, a minute now. So we're going to wrap this up with my fun questions and get you out of yeah. here so that we can both get to bed. <laughs> right. I don't know yeah, about yeah, you, but I can't be a night person. You turned into a pumpkin. It's all I, good. I do turn into a pumpkin. So I think you already told me, but where is your favorite place to run in Houston? Uh, I'll stay inside Houston borders. Um, Huntsville won't count. I'll, I'll give that. I'll say instead, Houston Borders. Um, I would say, hands down, every day of the week I can go run Memorial Park. Like you could, you could throw me there now. I'll be good. 
Well, not right now because it's closed for the Houston Open. I had a friend try and go over there tonight. He was like, son of a... <laughs> right. Well, then you should you should have sent him to the Cloverleaf. And he would have great. If you could run with anyone, living, dead, superhero, cartoon, character, doesn't matter, who would it be and how far would you go? Uh, should have prepared for that question. Um, man, I would. I would really like to run with. I, I like. I would say. So there's. I would. I would say like actually of all the people I'd like to run with, knowing he's alive, and it's the film producer Bill Yang or the Ginger Runner, the two guys that those two guys. One of two. It'd be like tied fifty fifty. Really hard. Like I would be good. They're both. Great runners, they've done some great things themselves. But they're involved in the community. They give back. They show a passion. I mean, they just and it's not all about the numbers. It's about your experience at no matter what you do. And for me, that's the essence of like the gateway drug. You know, like no matter what you're doing, from five miles to two hundred miles, like it's about the fun and and it's and, and exposing it to people. And so how far um, would you make them run? Oh, I definitely want, like, a Gasol 50K. Like, it has to, to be 50K or longer. Like, it has to be, like, 50 to 50 miles would be enough time to have some, have a few gels, you know, drink a Coke and keep moving. Okay. Thinking back on all of the running you've done throughout your, like, the past 10, 12, 15 years, however long it's been, doesn't need to be a race, can be anything. What is your best running memory? Wow. Um, I would I would say, I mean, some of my best memories are running in Huntsville, catching the light the right way, just being on, like, hearing, like, you get that one, you get the smell, you see the pine needle, they, you get the good steps. Especially during, like, right now in, like, the fall, it's just such good it just connects you, grounds you. Um, every, I would say I go to Huntsville every year for the first of the year. And I will, and it ground, it's like my ground, like it's always been my test, my test point, but it's like, it's my grounding to be like, okay, cool. I'm starting the year off here, running. So yeah, I would say it's gotta be a little Huntsville section. That's just the right moment at the right time of season. Not at 90 degrees in August. Yeah. 110, I'm sorry. 110, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I, I forgot the oven's on. And now, you know, some of these races that you've done, you've been out there for up to upwards of 29 hours. So I have to imagine that you've seen some, like, crazy stuff. What's the craziest thing or the weirdest or wackiest thing that's ever happened to you on a run? Oh, um... I've never hallucinated yet. We've always heard stories about it. So just to be put that on the docket, like we've all heard stories. None of my friends have actually hallucinated. We've never actually hallucinated yet. Um, the funniest, my only funniest, my my personal funniest experience is like literally almost falling off one of the bridges at Huntsville. There's these like little walkway bridges, and mm -hmm. my pacer was in front of me, and I closed my eyes and almost walked off the bridge. Oh dear. She she, she never knew. Um, I was like, oh, I'm glad I woke up and stumbled and we were good. But I was like, oh, I was like walking and eyes closed at the same time on a bridge. 
which I don't recommend. Yeah, maybe don't do that again. It, was, it wasn't like it was like it was like a two and a half foot drop. It would have been enough to really hurt, but not enough to like maim yourself. But I was not in a good condition at that point. Yeah. So it would have been pretty bad. Okay. All right. So we've talked about how you got into running, and we've talked about what that's looked like for you over the past ten or fifteen or so years. But why do you keep going? Why do you run? I it still is the same allure. I can walk out the door and go do it. I can do it for mental health. I can do it for obviously for physical ability and I can it's it's funny that I see when I'm cycling I see runners and I wanna run. When I'm cycling I see cycles cycling the guys and I wanna cycle or and, and the vice versa. Um it's just another outlet to nature and outside. Otherwise I'll you know, it it's it, and the outlet is like I would I will run outside in summer before I'll ever go run in gym. Uh so it's my it's my connection to suffer uh suffer to worth a card, you know. Like I I have a, a I have my own dilemmas and things that battle I would say and I, I definitely use it to uh I wouldn't say meditate, but think things through. Uh, and that sometimes it's, even if it's a, you know, the pandemic did that for me, um, dealing with like relationship changes, um, you know, go for a long run, work it out. It's, it's a good place to break free. Um, whereas in playing, I don't break free as much because there's still a lot more, a lot more going on or I, I worked in that industry. Uh, so for me, I see it from the work side perspective for running, running is still, surprisingly still my own uh, so john thank you so much for being here with me tonight i really appreciate you sharing your story with me and all the listeners thank you thank you for having me it's been a blast i i will talk for too much i've been told so. <laughs> as always you can follow us on instagram and twitter at runners of hue be sure to subscribe on itunes soundcloud or however your podcasts and if you like what you're hearing Please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.